0: Welcome to a new episode of Parole. Here is the first West African guest on the podcast, Monsieur Toby Oluwale, a young Nigerian entrepreneur. I remember when we first met, he was studying in a Canadian university and enjoying a year abroad in Lyon. Now he's an adult, as he describes himself. When you meet him, at least for me, I can't stop thinking about a Nigerian background, always on the go and juggling a couple of projects or side hustle, if you will. I dedicate this episode to the Burien diaspora, studying or looking for a job in Canada. Although he still works at Shopify, Toby is a co-founder of FreeScales, where he and his co-founder's mission is to develop the most marketable people in the world. Check their website, FreeScales, and leave your 2021 according to your plan so that you don't get tossed by the wind. Happy New Year. May your plan come to life. Monsieur Toby, thank you for being on the podcast. And uh, who are you?
1: Doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be talking to you again after many years. Oh
0: man, yeah. Gee.
1: Now, now that you're very thin. yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm I'm an adult, I've graduated <laughs> into all all the bills are in my name now. So. It's, oh,
0: good for uh, you. <laughs> it's, a, it's
1: a very different experience.
0: I guess. Yeah. Yeah, since, uh, yeah, so we've known each other. So that's the power of this podcast as well, is that I'm reaching out to people that I know and how, you know, the, the, the network means like, yeah, people around us are just doing things. So, yeah, we've known each other through Lyon. You came to live in Lyon as an international yeah. student. You were studying and still live in uh, Canada. Yeah. You give us a bit more about your process from uh, Nigeria where we're from to basically now.
1: Yeah, so I I grew up in Nigeria for the first eight years of my life, Um, and then we moved to Belgium for two years uh, in 2002, uh, back when my dad was working in oil and gas, Um, and then we moved to uh, Atlanta for a year, and then Tennessee for three months, (sighs) moved back to Nigeria for five years, and then I moved to Hamilton, Ontario in Canada for... Mm -hmm. Um, my last year of high school in 2010 then I moved to Ottawa in 2011 moved to Lyon in 2014 and I came back to Canada and I've been here for the past five years and I think I'm tired of moving like just want to settle down yeah chill oh my goodness
0: and when did you get married just,
1: uh, to put this- Yeah, so we got married last June. I'm um, married to my wife that are her here in Ottawa when I moved back from France. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been good. Like we've, we've been really just learning how to be adults and <laughs> live life, you know, like two people becoming one. And, yeah. um, you know, fortunately, you know, we're around the same age. She's like my best friend. You know, every mm-hmm. night's just like a big sleepover party in my head so it's, it's uh it's been a good time
2: <laughs> you
0: can see the grown up there yeah. uh, so as you said you're um a man now and you have a business you have skills, and uh yeah so what is it like uh for us foreigners what is like uh our interest to know three skills when you live in canada obviously
1: yeah so three skills um it's pretty pretty simple right like Uh, we saw a pretty big need for new grads and international students that were trying to finish school and get into the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Most of them were not actually prepared for what the employers were expecting. And because of where the world is today, like it's possible to get a ton of skills without going to school. Mm -hmm. So what we had was a bunch of students with you know, head knowledge and a bunch of employers that had these high expectations. And, you know, I always knew that gap existed ever since I graduated, but I saw my friends struggle with it. I saw people I knew struggle with it. And then when my sister, you know, graduated with a really high GPA and was struggling to find work for four months, that was when I knew it was a real problem because this was someone that went through the system, crushed it, was Mm -hmm. excellent and still wasn't able to get a job. Um, and we identified that really the lack of, you know, work experience um, or Canadian work experience and then the lack of a network uh, were the two big things holding people back from transitioning. Um, so last year I was talking to a friend. Uh, I'd been helping friends just, you know, help with their resume, whatever. But I talked to a friend that and she said, you know, she, she paid like two thousand four hundred bucks someone to help her with like you know resume linkedin all that stuff yes, please and my mind just like right like like what like so after i spend thirty thousand dollars a year paying for tuition i gotta spend another two thousand four hundred bucks just to get up to speed and i called my best friend i was like listen i think we can solve this for cheaper and he, he will do it for international students just like us and mm-hmm. just show them what whatever we wish we learned or we wish we could have learned before going into the workforce and, you know, he said he's in. And then another friend of mine that I'd helped get a job where I was working, um, heard me asking questions, trying to figure out if this was a viable business. And mm-hmm. she said, listen, if you start something, I want in. I was like, amazing. I got a co-founder and uh, two co-founders. Oh, wow. um, and so, so I posted on Instagram like, hey, if you're looking for a job, send me a message. And 50 people messaged me. I was like, it's like we got a business. So, <laughs> you know, we, we did a free workshop. 30 people came. We helped every single one of them do their resume. And at the end of it, I said, listen, if you feel like you need help with LinkedIn, salary negotiation,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: networking, or if you have no idea what you're doing in your career, we're building a $250 course, mm-hmm. uh, you can sign up here and 20 of the 30 signed up. And I was like, great, we got money, we got a market, we got the right people, we got the team. Let's just try to help fight of these people get jobs. Mm-hmm. Um and after two weeks the first person messaged hey i got a job i was like hey let's go and you know now i think we've helped about 89 people lend jobs so wow. it's been yeah like it's been i think beyond our wildest dreams like our students are making almost four million dollars in salary um you know in the it's been a year and a half so now we're we're gonna really really go for it right like really mm-hmm. try to find every single person that needs the expertise that we've g- gathered around the industries that we've worked in, but also getting into tech, but also starting a business and, you know, having a side hustle, mm. just teach people what we know, because we believe that there's a lot more knowledge to be unlocked there.
2: Mm.
0: So that, for me, um, I, there's something I really wanna know, uh, you know, as obviously I didn't find a job, did you work in France now? not even?
2: Mm-hmm. No.
0: No, but to find a job in France is quite similar. I think it's not really about the skills, it's about who you know. So it's literally networking all the way. How did you get to have your expertise knowing that you're a foreign student? You know what I mean? Um, Did you come up with a resume? How did you come up with your own thing in order to help others?
1: Yeah, like my team is, I think, our secret weapon. I have like every single person on my team is better than me. Um, in one way or another. Like, I have one, my one co founder, Marianne, is a recruiter at Shopify.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we both studied human resources at school, but she she was having a hard time breaking into recruiting. And so, you know, she broke into tech sales first and then broke into recruiting from the experience she gathered from our three skills work.
2: Mm-hmm. So it wasn't
1: actually like working for somebody. So here's my thing is, if, if nobody hires, you hire yourself. That's that's always been my, you know, my philosophy. And I feel like even if you fail, if you hire yourself, though, you develop a lot of discipline, a lot of like practical transferable skills. Mm. And the other thing is I'm, I'm a pretty outgoing person. So I don't hesitate to reach out to, you know, be rejected. I was in sales, to go mm. for coffee, right? Like it's half of half of building your career is not actually about who, you know, it's about who knows you. And because of the platform that we have now with LinkedIn, Instagram, with social media, people can know you that you don't know. Right. And
2: 70%
1: of jobs don't get posted online. They're found through your network. So it makes sense to take the time to build into your like network and take the time to connect with people. I, I go for multiple virtual coffees every single week mm-hmm. uh, with people that approach me the right way because, and I've referred a couple of them even into Shopify where I work because I could tell they're good employees, I could tell they're good candidates, right? So all that to say, um, I don't think it's impossible anywhere to to build a network and get off the floor. Um, I think it's, it's definitely harder for some people than for others especially being you know an immigrant because you know in a lot of ways the system wasn't built for you um and so you have to find every hack possible right like i got my first job because i was selling hoverboards online and the guy gave me a shot right so it's a combination of you know sincere hard work and then luck right like being meeting the right person applying to the right job at the right time mm-hmm. stumbling into the right environment um but always going for it and and never using your circumstance as an excuse because you know I had a friend told me like there's there's always a story that's easier than yours and there's always going to be a story that was harder than yours mm-hmm. right um and and I think that's pretty amazing like it really broke me out of the poverty mindset and put me in the abundance mindset like I, just believe I yeah, if I want to job at Google, I can get a job at Google. If I want a job at Shopify, you get a job at Shopify. So I applied to mm-hmm. Shopify six, seven times before I got in, yeah. right? Because I knew that, yeah, it might be harder for me, but that doesn't make it impossible.
0: Wow. Damn. You know? That's crazy because at the end of the day, it's just like changing the mindset. That's like what I'm hearing. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, on your Instagram page, there are two things that I really uh, liked and I want to talk to you about It's Creativity, persuasion, and adapt- adaptability. That is amazing on the paper, but what does it look like when you're like, uh, I don't know, aiming for your graduate student and it's COVID time? How do you do with the lockdown when you're looking for a job and it's like the whole world literally is like on standstill and you're like, no, I'm going to get the job actually.
1: Um. You know it's hard to be that confident, right? Especially now because you know there's so much competition. And a lot of people are out of work, which yeah. means there's more competition. People are working remote, which means there's more competition. Um, you know, creativity, adaptability, persuasion are there's skills that nobody can actually really teach you in like a class setting, right? Like you become creative by seeing a lot of creative approaches and a lot of creative things, and we teach that through our course like it's intertwined like we don't have a course on creativity we're just teaching you how to be creative in everything Mm -hmm. um and same with adaptability it's huge in tech especially it's like yeah you studied engineering yeah you studied cognitive science but can you work as a data scientist can you work as an account manager right can you take the knowledge you have become an archaeologist, discover what you need to learn, and then pivot, be self-disciplined, and grow. That's that's something that you just need to learn by doing it. You don't learn it any other way, right? Um, and then persuasion is, how do you convince someone to take a chance on you, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're not the best candidate. How do you convince them that you are the best candidate in the long run, right? Like, you're not the only uh, applicant. How do you convince them that you are the best applicant? Yeah. Um, and those are all the things we we try to teach and that's why like it took us probably a year to get to i think 30 or 40 jobs uh, that we had helped people get and then it took us like three or four months to, to double it right because we just got better at teaching people how to communicate their value the secret to landing any job mm-hmm. whether it's above your pay or below your pay well not below your pay but if, if
2: i mean yeah.
1: the secret to landing any job that there's competition for is being the person that can communicate your value the best, right? So if someone's coming in and going like, I've I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, amazing. But if I come in with stories showing you how resilient I am, I might be a better communicator than he was. And you might believe me more because people will always be people, right? Mm -hmm. You hear that emotions are, you know, decisions are primarily emotional. They're not always logical, right? And so, The problem is a lot of people treat these job applications and interviews like logical processes. A lot of times it's like, do I like you? Do I think you can grow here? Do I think you'd be a good fit with the company? Like, yeah, sure. Right. So that's pretty much what what we try to teach. And and even our friends, it's the same thing we teach them, right? Like, you don't have to be the best candidate. You want to be the best candidate. But if you're not the best candidate, then be the best communicator.
0: Yeah. Yeah i mean for me it's really amazing to see how people are still like when i, I see french people not not french the french system the moment you, if you, you don't speak french you know you, you, i think you've been there you don't speak french fluently with no accent whatsoever whatever da, 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 you'll never get a job because i mean it'll be hard on you to get a job even though you speak four languages. Yeah. and for me yeah. i think my story was never really i never really struggled to find a job thank god but I remember having friends who literally spoke five languages: yeah. English, French, Italian, Spanish, and Portuguese, like fluent. And I'm like, how can you still struggle for a job? I just don't okay. get. I mean, I live in Europe. What the heck? Yeah, <laughs> tell me more. So, for us international students, when you say, "I've you know I've been through the administration stuff, so I know how to deal with pressure or whatever." Is this like the kind of thing that you have to tell them, like you've been through a lot, international system, student, now you can, like literally you can do this. You were 19 when you came to school. Now you can, maybe 25 or 27. Yeah. How do you see that?
1: Um, so here's the thing, right? The, the <laughs> internet is, yeah, like the internet is the great, great equalizer, right? The internet changed the game. You can connect with someone at Google from LinkedIn with no qualifications. Don't need to go to Harvard. Don't need to be in Stanford. That's one, right? You can start a business and sell t-shirts. You can sell freaking nail cutters. I have a friend that sells, uh, what is it? Like lotions and soap for pubic ingrown hairs that make his business does a million dollars a year, Mm -hmm. right? And he works as an executive assistant. So it's understanding that like there there are less excuses now mm-hmm. to break into a market than there ever were. Like before, like 1950, you know, if you didn't speak French or a person of color in a foreign land,
2: I mean, it's I don't true.
1: care who you are, you're you're just not getting a job, right? Like you have to work a low wage job. But now the internet has taken what was once an elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, service and elite access to the best suppliers, the best customers, this, that. And just giving it to anybody that is willing to do the work to, to, yeah. to take it, right? I, there's $15 courses on Udemy. There's free courses on Coursera. There's the YouTube Academy, which is essentially just YouTube, right? You can YouTube <laughs> almost anything, right? I learned Facebook ads on YouTube. No, nothing, has, nothing can really get in your way now if you have access to internet. And I think that that's the biggest mindset shift for people in our generation is like, listen, let's admit the facts. The fact is, if you're not in your country, you don't have a strong network, probably, it's going to be harder for you to get a job. There's not as much opportunity. And we know that talent might be equal, but opportunity is not in a lot of these places. But that's fine, because if you come out on top, you have a better story than the person who the system was built for. And you have more influence and the ability to inspire more people. So you don't come out less, you come out more.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think that's something people need to tap into is yes, it's hard. Of course it's hard. It's harder than it should be. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I think it sucks, but what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Right. Like, are you are you going to read the books, listen to the podcast, connect with the people, take the rejection, go mm-hmm. through the like the loopholes? Like, what are you going to do about it? Right. And that is where it becomes just about education just learn there's always a way i had a friend that told me he said i genuinely believe this is what he was telling me because i was struggling with finding a job i like said i genuinely believe that there's nothing i cannot do if i put my mind to it Mm. that's just what he said and Mm. i've seen that guy like quintuple his revenue with like his income in the past five years Mm. right because yeah, there's nothing he doesn't, like, he believes he'll just stay up late enough, work hard enough, you know, like, meet enough people, and he'll he'll figure out a way to do it, wow. right? Um, and sometimes that just needs to be the mindset, we're resilient, but we have to be, right? The world makes us resilient, right? Especially as international students, immigrants, right? Coming from Africa, the re- resiliency is in our blood, mm-hmm. right? To go, listen, I know that this is not the ideal situation, but I mean, look at history, look how far we've come, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, everything was penned against us, but we still made something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's part of the the mindset. Like half of our course is breaking people's mindsets. Mm-hmm. That's half the course is saying, no, you, it is possible to start and come out of school and make a $60,000 job. It's possible. Like, well, I haven't seen anyone do it. It's like, that's because you're going to be the first one.
2: <laughs> like, there you go. There you go.
1: What are you talking about? You know, no, nothing's really impossible, right?
0: Man, I need that Rolly at uh, thirty-five. No, next year. <laughs> uh, so uh, I remember you posted something on LinkedIn that I really liked. It Was uh, about the career services uh, at colleges, and it yep. made me laugh for like two days, man. Like you made me laugh because I was like, I really, for like, I'm more than just did we have one at school? I don't remember because I went to two colleges in <laughs> So
1: one yeah. in tourism
0: and hospitality and the other one in finance and i was like i can't i can't tell you that you know it's it was bad but i do know that northern yeah. americans colleges are better in terms of like service services maybe not the best yeah but you do much more than we do in France. are you now in touch with more colleges like carlton or uh, any other canadian
1: i don't know yeah we we have like a deal with the student association at carlton but Okay. Um, school, schools are a business. Like, yeah. you know, the wow. schools are in the business of education. They're not in the nonprofit world of education. Not anymore, right? Like, mm. their job is to maximize profit. They have a board. They have people that are looking at them going, we need more money. Okay. Um, career services is a service that was put there to help you transition into the workforce. Yeah here's the problem okay the workforce in the past four years has shifted quicker than career services in the past 10 years so it's not their fault they're teaching the right thing it's just the mm-hmm. wrong decade right <laughs> so, um, they do so- I, I don't hate all career services because there's some jobs that what they teach is still relevant for a lot of government jobs you can use what right. career services teaches right mm-hmm. um, But if you're trying to break into an industry that was started by someone that's, you know, 25, 26, like, you know, these tech industries, like who, it was these young 25 to 30 year old white males that created a whole industry, right? So are you not going to take what has been working for 60 years and try Mm -hmm. to, no, it's not going to work. So I think that's my thing with career services, they have a function,
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: the function isn't often wide enough to cover every single person's need right because I as a human being am different from you as a human being yeah. and that our interests are different and then our career interests are different mm-hmm. and then our goals are different right so can you now put me in a template and give me the result that I want like the answer is probably no right and the the one-on-one feedback that we give to our students is the reason why they're able to get because some of them like come into the course, they don't know what they want to do with their lives. I still have mm-hmm. to make you successful, mm-hmm. right? So I got to figure out what your skills are. I got to figure out what your strikes are. I got to figure out what job qualifies to keep you in Canada long enough for mm-hmm. you to figure out what you want to do with your life, right? I got to figure out what your income level is and what your income level should be or mm-hmm. what you want it to be in 5, 10, 15 years and put you on a track that helps you get there. Yeah. So it's not a it's not something you can do at scale often, right, is take one person from the hole they're in and put them in on the mountain they want to be at. Like, that's a lot of effort. If you look at universities that have 5, 10, 15 to 30,000 students, sometimes 50,000 students, you just need career services, right? Like, you you can't actually make it that much more tailored. Um, And it is what it is. Like, you know, it's, I don't know how it's going to change, but yeah. You know, one day I said on LinkedIn, I was like, you know, my, my company shouldn't exist. It shouldn't have to exist. If I pay one hundred thirty thousand dollars for school, I should come out and be able to make one hundred thirty thousand dollars. Like mm-hmm. I, that just seems logical to me, you know, <laughs> um, but I guess school's a business. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, wow. OK. So when you talk about money, it's relevant with the next question, which is about salary negotiation. So, there's this thing about women not knowing how to negotiate, and it bothers me so much. How do you guys do it? How do you deal with, uh, you know, Uh, 20% less because it's fine.
1: So, I I think because of what history has done to women, women are more critical of themselves. So, you know, there's literally stats that say like a woman won't. Most women won't apply to jobs unless they feel like they 100% qualify, but guys will apply. if They feel like they are 60% qualified.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like that already becomes a big gap, right? And then you actually get the opportunity to negotiate your salary and you're scared that if you do, the offer might get rescinded. Mm -hmm. So what we learned was it costs companies a lot of money to get to a place where they make you an offer. And it would take them a lot of money to rescind that offer. So your best bet is actually asking for a raise because most companies have a range that they can give in terms of salary. Mm-hmm. So what keeps people from asking for you know the salary they want is fear. It's not actually the lack of qualification or how you it do mm-hmm. It's the fear of, if I ask, I might be rejected or, not even just rejected, I might lose this opportunity. And women especially find themselves in that boat of, I worked so hard to get here, chances are already slim. Should I, you know, risk it? Like, yeah, you should absolutely risk it, right? Because the least they'll do is show them that you are not willing to settle for whatever you're given. If you just accept an offer, Mm -hmm. right, it means you'll accept pretty much almost anything. And companies, have a love-hate relationship with people like that because they know that, yeah, you're a good fit, but are you going to be like a top leader? It's like probably not, right? The person that comes in and like negotiates, 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 is probably going to be probably one of the best leaders, right? So, and I've actually found that to be true. The people that I know that have negotiated like crazy
2: mm-hmm.
1: have also become good leaders in their companies, right? So it's it's one of those things where you have to ask, right? Literally in the Bible, right? You you have not because you ask not. Yeah. That is the story of salary negotiation. Like, <laughs> you, you right? Pick a number that you want to make. Yeah. <laughs> make sure it's in line with market value. Yeah. And then add five to twenty percent on it and ask for that.
0: And ask for that, I
1: am? Like, you know, it, people are scared to evaluate themselves based off their worth. They they are scared to say, "I'm worth this much." Right, Like for my interview, my job at Shopify, I asked for a range that was already like 20% higher than what I was making. My lowest part of that range was already more than I was making in my old job. And they went 10 to 15% over the high number. You know, and I was like, I started crying because I was like, man. I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, there's companies like this that exist, but Hey, if you communicate your value and I believe you're worth this much, I didn't have to negotiate because Mm -hmm. I had a number. Right. And I got way more than that number I asked for, but that happens when you're able to communicate your value. And it also happens when you ask, right? Like why not ask? Mm -hmm. I was going for my annual review at my last job. And I was going to ask for 3 to 5% increase on my salary because that's what the internet told me was possible. Yeah. And then I talked to my other friend. We started on the same day. He's like, I'm asking for a 50% increase and in stocks. Like, oh ah. <laughs> like, what was I thinking? Like, you know? Wow. So I go to the to my boss and I ask for a 20% increase. No, I asked for, I think, like a 25 or 50% increase. He gives me a 20% increase. I was like, I didn't even know you could do that.
0: <laughs> Learning process, man.
1: Wow. I didn't know you could do that, right? So it's like you have not because you asked. Not. I would have walked out with such little, wow. you know.
0: You would have laughed, I'm like, that
1: really? <laughs> that's a little raise, you know. That is crazy. So wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what, what I've seen is like you you have to ask.
2: Yeah.
1: They they often have the room. And if they don't, well, you'll leave a mark of like, okay, I'm, I'm the kind of person that wants more, right? And sometimes with our students, if they get a no, I, I ask them to ask, okay, mm-hmm. so, you know, what are your requirements for me to get to that that income yeah. level? Yeah, that too, yeah.
0: It's
1: like, if you don't know, right, you, you can't go that way. So it's, it's, it's a hard thing to break out of, of like accepting whatever you have, but you have to have an abundance mentality. Mm. Right, an abundance mindset that says that there is enough for me. There mm. is enough if I ask for it.
0: Absolutely. And and I mean, at the end of the day, you're doing the work, you're not like doing benevolent, you're working. So you're bringing value yeah. at the end of the month. All righty. So, a uh, couple of few questions before we end this is to ask you about the power of mentorship. How do you guys do it? Because I've seen two things it's like brand ambassador, you guys were looking for brand ambassadors and kind of doing something about mentorship on LinkedIn and yeah it's something really that speaks to me how do you like are you going to translate that and I have to put that in perspective because you guys are young I mean you're the same age you know the same generation but it's like how do you speak about mentorship are you looking for older people are you looking for some people who are like been in the industry for I don't know 10 years or something so I don't know like how do you define that?
1: Yeah, so I think mentorship is really important, right? Like, I I believe my mentors changed my life um, Mm -hmm. in terms of showing me what was possible, pointing me in the right direction, giving me context that I wouldn't have found on my own. Um, And for us, it was pretty simple, right? Like, we just put out a call trying to find people that believe what we believe Mm -hmm. around equaling and leveling the playing field for international students and new grads. Um, we didn't really have to sell it. We didn't really have to, you know, try to convince people. We just went, listen, these are the five things we believe. If you believe any of these things or all of these things, you should be a mentor and, or you should be an investor and pay for people to take our course, uh, or you should be a recruiting partner. And people showed up. We had like 50 people that went, listen, we believe what you believe. Right. And, you know, one of our mentors did like six or seven coaching calls in on one weekend because he has a genuine passion for giving back to a community that needs, you know, people to give back to them. Um, so, yeah, like we're still trying to figure out how that's going to look, look, you know, moving forward. Um, the one thing that we've done this year is over deliver on the value that we promised our students um, because, you know, our students are paying hundred K for school not getting a job and then paying $250 and getting a $50,000 job, right? So, you know, we're giving them 200X on, and they, they don't make $50,000 for one year. They make $50,000 at least for, you know, however long they're working, yeah. right? And once you're in, you're in. So the the return on the investment there is actually astronomical. Yeah, And, you know, we, we, we underpriced our product, right? Yeah. Like we wanted to get it to the people that needed it the most. And we always will and we always you know continue to do that but now it's like okay it's time to to take this to the next level and help people land their dream jobs help people hit six figures oh, nice. <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. help people move upstream become leaders directors team leads uh-huh. right um teach you how to do one-on-ones teach you how to you know negotiate a higher raise right like because you don't stay in one job, hopefully, for the rest of your life. You move upstream, mm-hmm. right? And so we're going to move upstream with our students. And we want to get to a point where it's like, okay, now you're a director, CEO, CXO, whatever it is. Um, now let's get into some stocks. Let's get into some investments. Let's get into real estate. Let's start you know, getting equity in different companies. Start an angel investor group. Like, let's build our own ecosystem, right? Yeah. And that's that's really where it comes down to is how do we take the knowledge that we have and continue to transform lives?
2: That's, mm-hmm. that's
1: pretty much it, right? Because the knowledge that we got isn't just for us, right? Uh, another Bible verse, freely you were given, so freely give, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, we all have our, like the jobs that we love. My co-founders and I are, are working You know, we, we own homes and we love our jobs and we don't actually, we didn't need to start, you know, an extra business, but it's obvious that people need the extra help. And we would love to take the four years combined 16 to 18 years of experience that we have, the mistakes that we've made and help you save that time. And, you know, that, that's really what it's about. We want you to be where we are sooner faster yeah better right mm-hmm. um so we'll, we'll see where it goes and uh, i'm excited to to really build this out into where we we feel it should be
0: man if i can invest let me know uh that's me <laughs> putting myself out there uh and what about the brand ambassadors do, are they like the students do they have to do something to do online to go online
1: yeah so it's like People that were students, we tried that program. It didn't really work out because you need like a bit of sales tactics. Like we had okay. one brand ambassador, I think that was really, really good because she got an awesome job mm-hmm. and she would just tell people like, oh, this company helped me get a job. Right. So we're going to rethink a lot of things for 2021 because, you know, we're we're going to build like a, I guess, like a different version of what we already know to make it even more effective. Um, so we'll see if we still need brand ambassadors and, you know, kind of take it from there.
0: All right. And are you only focusing on the international students right now? Or are you just like opening your horizons? And...
1: Um, so the international students are our target market for the course that we built. Mm-hmm. But we've trained Canadians. We've trained PhD okay. students, master's students. Because... Mm-hmm you know, what we're teaching are the essentials of job hunting, right? So that means if you're a PhD student trying to get into marketing, you still need to learn how to communicate your value, right? You can't run away from an interview, right? So that's why we teach those essential things. And now we're going to, you know, as we move upstream, start to create more specialized knowledge, right? Like how do you really stand out as Mm -hmm. a four to 10-year veteran? And and
0: coach people on that. Includes there are so many Burundians and I believe Rwandese people in Ottawa and Montreal and anywhere yeah. in Canada. I do hope they hear this and they'll call on you and, uh, you know, reach out <laughs> and just be like, okay, now I get it. I needed this class. And yeah, thanks a lot. So what's the vision for the next five years? Yeah. Um other than expanding obviously with what you said or ins- do you have like a target number
1: no like I, I find numbers to be kind of pretentious right like you don't actually know, <laughs> you, you know what, what's going to happen um i like to go for for impact right like
0: Hello? i just want to continue
1: to change lives you know like if, if we can change I, I told our team like if we change one more life we're you know we still have a business we still have a mission right um mm because every life changes is not actually just one life, right? Like if you get a job and, you know, your mental health improves and now you can, you know, get a car and, and buy a house and get married and have kids and have grandkids and travel the world, mm. right? Like that's, that's a lifetime worth of impact from one very small course. Mm. Um, and to me, that's what we live for. Like our how we measure success has never been revenue. Um, it's always been, okay, how many people lives are we changing and i'll take that like that's that's really what it's about um so in the next five years like yeah like to me the sky is the limit but i i want to still be impacting you know tens of hundreds of people Mm -hmm. uh, if not thousands of people every year to just go for it and believe in themselves and move past where they are and push into the more that they really deserve
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and it's going to be a challenge because you know things change, and you know yeah. uh, roadblocks come. But I just want to create the most employable people in the world, right? And and help them become all that they can become and tap into that potential that they have. I think our whole team wants that.
0: Come on, it could wishing you all of that, and uh, hopefully I'll see you next year in Ottawa. I don't know in Canada, <laughs> maybe in Canada next year. So. Uh, but yeah, good luck with all that and you know your team and well, the purpose driven company, I'll call that. It's pretty
2: awesome. Thank man. you. And, uh, Toby,
0: Toby, Toby, almost French, Nigerian, and Canadian. <laughs> so, how's your friend right now? yeah Because I keep texting you oh. and you're answering me in English. So, I don't like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that is gone. gone, <laughs> gone. <laughs> nice.
0: French it up, my friend.
1: Yeah, as, as long as. <laughs> Like, yeah, it' was just you know, like it, unless I get put in a corner and I have to speak French, I'll do that like <laughs> not even doing it, you That's know, so, but but well, thanks for having me, I, I really like you know having this conversation, yeah, I'm hoping they saw some people,
0: yeah, all right, take care then.